Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. As you can see from the title up there, or the series title, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World, we're continuing our series here in that. And, uh, you know, interesting, the, the song there, uh, I want to be by your side, I want to be close to your side, hold me close in your heart. I, I didn't uh, talk to Christian about the songs to choose this morning. It's interesting, though, the thoughts and how God weaves that together. But here's the title of today's message. It's this, God's children are held close to his heart. And that picture, uh, I, don't, I don't see Mike here today. I don't see Mike. He, they must be traveling. Mike Weber. That picture was drawn by his mother, Pamela, who passed away in, De- in December. So if you know Mike Weber, isn't that, isn't that beautiful? She had many beautiful pictures like that. But uh, God's children are held close to his heart. So... Uh, Mike, probably watching on live stream, monitoring your mom this morning. I hope this is a blessing to you to see that up there. And it's in our notes as well. So, well, truly, you know, God cares for us and he's concerned for everything that goes on in our lives wherever we go. And, and here's a scripture that kind of captures that thought. Behold, I've engraved you in the palm of my hands. So, so it's kind of like, there you are, close to his heart, right? He Hold you close to his heart. And your walls are ever before me, I, continually before me. I see where you go. I see where you're coming from. I see where you're going. And, uh, and I, I don't know about you, but as a child growing up, uh, there, there were a couple people that I had heart-to-heart conversations with that I felt close to. And they, those two people were my dad and my older sister. My dad and my older sister. And interesting, when I was about seven, my older sister went off to college, and it was also around the same time that my father passed away. And so the people in my life who I had those, those uh, kind of heart-to-hearts who seemed to really care about me and want to step into my life, and how are you, and what's going on, and I felt that, uh, they were gone. I mean, my mom loved me. She worked hard. She took care of me. I don't want to discount that, but my mom was more like not the heart-to-heart kind of person. She's like, hey, I got a good joke for you, you know, that kind of person, and, and it would never go deep, if you will, and, and uh, so for me, the landscape was kind of barren, and I felt alone. Maybe that's you today, and you're feeling lost and alone. Please know that you're here because God wants you to hear this message, and he wants you to know that you're not alone, and he wants you to open your heart to him and see his arms open wide to you. You don't have to be alone anymore. You can come to him. You can embrace him as your, your, your loving Savior, and he'll hold you close to your heart. He will. If you've done that and you still feel lost and alone, well, this message is still, it's for you. He wants you to know that you are held close to his heart. And so with that, would you please open up to John chapter 14, verses 18 to 31. 
If you need a Bible or a pen or some notes, just raise your hands. We got Dave and Brian here. They'll get that to you. If you need a Bible, a pen, or some notes, just raise your hand. They'll get you what you need. And then open up to John chapter 14, verses 18 to 31. And you'll see up on the screen the prayer that I have for the day. And uh, I'd like to read through that before I pray it. Dear Lord God, just reading through it now, pray it in a moment. But praise you and thank you that we are never alone. It's true. In your genius, you know, his massive, wonderful, beyond our, our minds thinking, you found a way to live in the hearts of all your children so that we can have an intimate contact with you. Communion, you're continually caring for us and watching over us. We're held close to your heart. Help us to believe it and to feel it. Some of you are like, well, I I don't feel it, man. Well, let's pray. Let's pray now. Dear Lord God, dear Lord Jesus, praise you and thank you that we're never alone. We are never alone. Lord, in your magnificence and your genius, you found a way to live in the hearts of all of your children each one personally and individually, so that we can all have intimate contact with you, a personal relationship. Lord, you're continually caring for us and watching over us. Thank you. Thank you. Even when we don't realize it, even when we don't see it, we're held close to your heart. We're we're engraved in the palm of your hands. Our walls, where we go, the things we see, are ever before you. Help us to believe it, Lord. Help us to feel it, especially as we hear these things this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, in honor of God's Word. John chapter 14, verses 18 to 31. Jesus says to his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you'll see me because I live, you also will live. In that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not the betrayer, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the whole world, you know, as Messiah? How is that? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, our abode with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'll come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father and the Father is greater than I. 
And now I've told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so the world may know that I love the Father. Rise. Let us go from here. Lord, thank you for your word. Please speak to our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Let's get those notes ready and uh, walk back through and see what the Lord wants to speak to us. Uh, Just to remind you, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. He's washed their feet, okay? He's washed their feet. Uh, Judas, the betrayer, is out of the room, gone, and now he's speaking words of comfort to his disciples who were about to see him, listen, take on the cross and die. And he says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the disciples had to be like, what? How? What? what? It's almost like God saying, and just to step step aside from my notes, it's like, and and I heard you sing the song today, it's like he's saying, you're not done yet. We're not done yet. There's more to come. I'm going to do a new thing. Listen, behold, it rises up. Do you see it? It's coming. I'm doing something wonderful and new. He says this, yet in a little while, and the world will see me no more, the, cru- the cross, he's talking about the cross there, but you will see me. There he's talking about resurrection. I'm gonna rise again. You're gonna see me again. And because I live, you will live also. What, we're like dead now? Yeah, dead spiritually, but because I live, you will live. You won't be dead spiritually anymore. At, at this point, they had to be totally confused, like, wow, what, what? You and I understand it. Thank God the lights are on, right? We have the Holy Spirit, and we can understand these things. But the disciples were like, what, huh? And so Jesus says, in that day, you will understand. You will know. Well, what day is he referencing? Well, I believe he's referencing the the day of Pentecost. We'll talk about that in a moment, what that is. And uh, in that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, and you are in me and I'm in you. So, so what can we receive from this? Write this down. Number one, because Jesus rose from the dead, his resurrection life can live in us through the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Write this down, please. Because Jesus rose from the dead, his resurrection life can live in us through the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Some of you are like, wow, what is Pentecost? What are you talking about there? Well, Pentecost is a time of celebration, okay? It's, it's a remembrance of God's provision for Israel. You need to know Israel, they, they were 400 years in Egypt. They were slaves, and God sent Moses a deliverer to deliver them out. And so through, through these amazing uh, wonders that God did and plagues and such. And so they get delivered out and they wander into the wilderness. And 50 days later, they receive the law from God. Well, eventually they establish this feast called Pentecost to remember how God provided for them and took care of them while they wandered in the wilderness for another 40 years or so. So they have this big feast of remembrance, and uh, it's celebrated 50 days after the Passover. Passover remembers, hey, we were delivered from Egypt. Pentecost says, wow, and God provided 
God gave us his word, gave us his law, and he's provided in many other ways, okay? So now let's make the connection. Let's put the connection together. 50 days after Exodus, the law was given. Well, 50 days after Jesus delivered us from slavery to sin, like an Exodus event, 50 days later on Pentecost, the law, which used to be outside, an outside thing was now put inside through the Holy Spirit. And there are prophecies in the Old Testament to this. Here's one that would like to share with you. It's Exodus 11, uh, 19 to 20. Look at this. I'll give them one heart and a new spirit I'll put within them. I'll remove their heart of stone, heart of stone which can't really respond to God. It's like, dun, dun, dun. no, and I'll give them a heart of flesh that's, that's sensitive and open to his leadings and his guidance. I'll give them that, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit, that one spirit and so forth, that, and, a, and he gives us a whole new wanter on the inside. Well, anyway, and I'll give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. So the law that was an outside thing is now becoming an inside thing, and it's an inner check that helps us to live, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Wow. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come, empower people for service, and then the Holy Spirit would go. But in the New Testament now, God's eternal life, his resurrection life, lives within us, inside of us, when he becomes our Savior. Wow. Well, have you understood Christ's giving of his body and blood for you? Have you understood that? We had communion today. Did you understand that? Have you opened your heart to him as Savior? If not, do that now. Right now, right where you're seated, you could do that. Just talk to him. He'll hear you. Do that now. Take care of that today. Receive God's presence living in you. He promises he gives us his Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pause. Father, if there's anyone in this place right now who needs you, realizes they need you, and that they need to pause and say, Jesus, save me. Rescue me from my sin, from my sins. Rescue me. Let your spirit live inside of me. I want to know you. Lord, please help them to do that now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll look at verse 21. Verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, Okay, whoever has the word of God and holds it close and holds it in high honor. You know, I've heard some people say, well, the Bible is a book that some things are written in blood, some things are written in ink, and some things are written in pencil. That's blasphemy. I'm smarter than God, and I know what things are good and true, and I'm going to choose. That's what that's all about. And I can take my pencil and erase the things and pick and choose. No, 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 no. The God's word is above us. It's high. And if it says it, it's on us to believe it and say, okay, God, you know better than I. I'm going to trust you. Put the pencil away. Everything's written in blood. And that's what that means when, if, you, if you have his word and you keep it, you understand 
it's sacred and that God who created the world could protect his Bible so that it wouldn't be tampered or messed with and things would be in there that are inerrant. If he can create the world, he can do that with his Bible, can't he? Can't he? Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I will manifest or reveal myself to him. Uh, So write this down. Number two, our love for Christ is expressed through our obedience. However, his love for us is not based on performance. You need to know that. Our love for Christ is expressed through our obedience. However, his love is not based on our performance. He's put his word inside of our hearts. The Holy Spirit is there. We can read his word, communicate with the Holy Spirit, this, this kind of thing. And then, no, this, this is what I should do. This is how I should live. It's like a little child. It's like your little child. They, they don't have resources to buy you gifts and that kind of thing and express their love in that way. The only way your little child or a little child can show a parent that they love them is through obedience. If your child disobeys and blows you off, it's almost like they're saying, I don't care about you, and I don't love you. And if you and I disobey and we blow off God, it's like saying, I don't care about you. I don't love you. And Jesus is saying, listen, no. Your obedience is an expression of love for him, so follow through with that. But thank God that salvation isn't something we earn. Well, I've been obedient, so I get to go to heaven. No, 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 no. No, look at this, 2 Timothy 2.13. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he can't deny himself. If you have given yourself to him, you belong to him. He can't deny himself. He can't deny you. If you're faithless, he's still faithful. Once he sets his love on us, we belong to him. His love is a gift and not something we earn. Never forget that. It's a gift. His love is a gift. It's not something we earn. And by the way, this is something the disciples would need to hear. This is something they would need to wrap their arms around because when they recalled how faithless they were when Jesus was arrested, oh, he's getting arrested. I'm out of here. And I'm sure that had to plague them as they would remember that over and over. Yeah, I ran. When they arrested my Savior, I ran. They had to recall this. Well, man, he loves me anyway. He's faithful even when I'm faithless. Well, then Judas, not Iscariot, not the betrayer. John wants us to know that. Verse 22, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us as the Messiah and not everybody's going to see you? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. Back to that theme again. And my father will love him and will come to him and will make our home with, and you can almost put that word within him, whoever does not love me does not keep my words, blows off the Bible, blows off what God says, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Well, here Jesus repeats some things to Judas, not Iscariot, that he's already told them. He wants them to understand that this home will be a spiritual one. Not everyone will see him because it's gonna be a spiritual thing, but again, They're not going to get this because, listen, they're not going to get this because the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of them. Here, look at verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you. He'll help you understand what I'm saying. He'll teach you all things. And he'll bring to your remembrance all that I've said. And you'll be like, you'll have these aha moments like the disciples. Oh, that's what he meant. Oh, that's what he was saying. But only through the Holy Spirit. So write this down, number three. The Holy Spirit teaches us. So flip over those notes, look on the back side. Number three, the Holy Spirit teaches us and gives us new understanding of the Scripture and brings to memory the things that Jesus said and taught. The Holy Spirit teaches us and gives us new understanding of the Scripture and brings to memory the things that Jesus said and taught. <clears throat> this is how the disciples, okay, this is how the disciples were able to better understand the things that Jesus said and taught. It was through the indwelling Holy Spirit. They needed him inside. Look at front. 1 Corinthians 2.12, it, it says this for us. Now, we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, capital S, who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. In order to understand what's in the word of God, you and I have to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Because when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have the spirit of God in us revealing to us what the mind of God is all about. And I think you've heard me say this before. I know sometimes it freaks me out how Wendy can read my mind. When she first met me, she didn't know me, and so she couldn't predict what I was going to do. But I'm, I'm fairly predictable, right, honey? It's, I'm, I'm consistent. I'm fairly predictable. But one time, I, I, it, it spooked me. I, I was sitting there with some water, and I thought, boy, she needs to get wet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And all of a sudden, she says, no, stop, don't. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness, this girl can read my mind. You know, and that's how it is. As we get to know each other, and we know how each other thinks, we can begin to predict. And, 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 and as you, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you can know how God thinks. You can understand his mind revealed in his word. That's God. That's consistent with who he is when he says that. And so, please, if you're here today, and you're someone who's, like, wrestling with that, I don't know, I don't know. If I understand the word of God, I, I'm wrestling. Well, please get a hold of someone and say, let's talk. Have the humility to say, I want to examine. You know, when, when you come to the communion table, Paul says everyone should examine themselves and be sure they're in the household of faith. Well, when you come to the word of God, I think it's good to get with someone and examine yourself and say, hey, Am I in the household of faith? Let's talk about this. I want to, I know you, you're a believer. You know the word. You follow God. Help me, you know, talk through some things with me so I know if I'm on the right track, if I'm on the right, uh, you know, in the right direction. And so let's be people who do that and understand the word of God and then receive those, like the disciples, aha moments while we read and go, ah, oh, that's for me. That's that's it's called rhema. It's a personal, intimate word from the Lord. That's for me. God, thank you for giving me that personal, intimate word for me. Well, let's go to verse 27. Peace. Listen, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't be troubled that I'm going away. Instead, rejoice. Be glad I'm going to the Father. Don't be troubled that I said I'm going to leave you. No, please, call on this peace that I have for you. Look at this, verse 4. Not only does God gift us with the Holy Spirit, 
but he also makes available to us a supernatural peace. So that's observation number four, not verse four. Not only does God gift us with the Holy Spirit, but he also makes available to us his supernatural peace. Hey, before you turn to some physical thing like alcohol, nicotine, because cigarettes do calm you down. They do. I remember I was in a, a class where I had to give a, a persuasive speech. And I'm a guy whose mom's pretty, pretty much smoked herself to death. But I was in that class, and I was given the assignment to persuade people that cigarette smoking was okay. And I remember talking about how it does. It relieves anxiety. And I, 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 that was my pitch. And I had, like, in the classes, great change in minds from it's not good to it was good. And, and they said, well, you, you have a, a, a good uh, way of presenting things, so you have a power of persuasion. Well, that's from the Lord. He knew what he wanted me to do one day, be a pastor, that sort of thing. But anyhow, before you go turning to something like that, or before you turn to some medication, or even, even exercise, have you exhausted this gift? Have you stopped to pray? And ask God, please, God, pour your peace. The peace that passes understanding, pour it into me. And uh, it's interesting how when you preach uh, through something throughout the week or you have something you have to deal with, how God challenges you. Because there were times this week where I needed to pray this prayer, and I blew it off, and it didn't go well. And God teaches you, doesn't he? Teaches you. And so have you stopped to pray and ask God, God, please pour your peace into me that passes understanding. I, I'm just going to mess it up. I'm not going to do this well. And this doesn't mean things will be smooth sailing, okay? It doesn't mean that it's all going to be smooth sailing, and, but you're going to have peace in the storm. Shalom. And many of you have heard our Israeli friends say that shalom to one another, shalom. And it means many different things, but one of the main things it means is peace. A sense of it's okay. A sense of well-being. A sense of tranquility. I need that kind of peace, don't you? So your thoughts will be something like this. God's allowing things to happen that I don't like, but I'm okay with it because I, I know he's good. And he's going to work it all out for my good and his glory. And I believe his word. And I know, I know what's in his word. Jeremiah 29, 11. Here's something he says in his word. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God said it. I believe it. And that gives me peace. This is where I find my peace. In prayer, standing on his word. Well, then look at verse 28. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I'll come to you. If you loved me, you'd, you'd have rejoiced you know, instead of being troubled because I'm going to the Father, and the Father's greater than I am, and the Father's the one, when I go to him, he's the one who's going to say, go, Holy Spirit. Doors open. Curtains torn. Go. And Jesus was letting him know, the Father and I are one, but he's supreme. He's the God of decrees. And now I've told you, before it takes place, I want you to know that before it all takes place, all that's gonna happen, my dying on the cross and all this, so that when it does take place, you'll believe and you'll have peace. 
I'll, uh, verse 30, I, I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. Because I'm the great I am, right? But I do as the Father has commanded me. So that the world may know that I love the Father. Again, obedience is an expression of love. I love the Father. I do what he tells me. So rise. Let us go from here. Write this down. Number five. Number five. The Father and Son are equal, but the Father has ultimate authority. It will appear at times as though the devil is supreme, the ruler of this world, but that's false. But that is false. The disciples were about to watch Jesus be beaten, humiliated, and crucified. And they needed to hear these things. They needed to know these things, that it was part of the plan so that they could have peace even in the midst of that. And uh, even in the midst of their wondering, is he really the Messiah? Is he really God? All those miracles, but is what he said true? For us, the questions are more like this, ready? Our questions are more like this. How could he let this happen to me? Is he really in control? Is he really able to set things right? Does he really love me? Does he really care about me? When everything screams that God doesn't love you, you have to hang on to faith. You've got to hang on on to faith. I remember water skiing, and, there, and I was at Camp Patmos, and there were times I'm hanging onto that rope, and I couldn't even see the boat. The rope's going into the wave, and I can't even see the boat. Oh, man, did I wipe out, and my foot hurt bad. But anyways, it was awesome. I'm hanging on tight, going over those things, and, and we have to hang on tight like that. Can you hold tight to faith? A faith that says God loves me, and he knows what's happening and why it needs to happen this way. Can you hang on to that, faith? You know, we know God is and God exists, but can you hang on to that faith that says he loves me no matter what hits me, no matter what comes my way? Can you hang on to that faith? Can you hold on tight when all you see in front of you is the breaker coming at you? And you don't see the boat. You don't see God. Where are you, God? I don't see you. And there's something else. We, we've got to know this. We can't just blame it all on the, the devil. We can't. We, we've got to realize this. There are times when God allows difficult things into our lives because he wants to discipline us. But even that's done in love. And you're like, well, what are you talking about? Well, here, look at Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons and daughters? This means all his children. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. One of the most unloving things you can do, parent, is not discipline your child and let them grow up to be a ridiculous human being. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Discipline is a loving thing, and God disciplines us when we mess up, and we have to trust him. God, you love me. I don't like this thing right now, but I think, I believe you're changing me and helping me to be the kind of person you want me to be. 
And just like we as parents should be raising adults and not children, God's raising believers who are solid in him and not people who are carnal and wandering. He, he does those things. Well, as we come to the close, look at this. Psalm 34, 17 to 18. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. God is near. He never leaves his children. They're held close to his heart. I've engraved you in the palm of my hands. I see everywhere you go. Your walls are ever before me. And sometimes he pulls us close. And Zephaniah 3.17 says sometimes he sings loudly over us. Zephaniah 3.17. He never leaves his children. They're close to his heart. Have you placed your faith and trust in him today? Have you? If you haven't, take care of that today. If you have and you say, I haven't, well, he lives in you then. And he hears your prayers, all your prayers. And he's ready to help you. He's ready to deliver you. He's ready to draw near to you. Please turn to him now. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for the things you've taught us today. Please help us as we take some time to meditate, as we close in prayer and remember that you are, Lord, the same God yesterday, uh, today, and forever, that you don't change. You're you're very predictable, very consistent uh, in the way that you work with your children and loving them, Lord. But while it's true we can't ever guess the ways you'll lead us and things you're going to do, but Lord, your love is always there. Your heart for us is always there. You hold us close. Please help us to never forget that and to hold tight to that truth that you love us. No matter what seems to be crumbling or shaking in our world, please, God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.